and I, <laughs> I woke up and you're like, holy and there shit, was a platypus. half man, half platypus standing there. <laughs> Suck my egg. You are listening to the Dude Nature Podcast. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Dude Nature Podcast. If you haven't listened to the Bloodhound Gang in a while, give it the bad touch. I'm here with my brother, Adam, as always. Feels good in the reactor today. Yeah. Feels hey. good. Feels Ooh, good. Nice and spicy oh, in I here. sound. Adam, gripes. Uh, my gripe today is if you're in your car and you're driving, you don't need to wear your mask. You don't need to wear it around your ear. You don't need to wear it around your chin. You just don't, you don't need, need to wear, wear it. it around your mouth. You I just know. don't need to wear it. When I see people so driving with the mask on, I don't <laughs> I don't know what to say. Why are they wearing it? I don't know, but you can take it off in your car. Good. I'm going to keep on your mask thing for my grip. Yeah, go ahead. Um, when I'm running out in, in the woods and we're out in the forest. Okay, let me tell you about today. It's freezing cold rain outside in Portland, Oregon. Par usual. It's about 36 degrees. Not whatever. To, not to complain. Okay, not to complain, but it's freezing. I'm running in the forest. There's probably not another human being for another five miles around. There's just this dude walking with his mask on in the middle of the forest. Again? So, this is the same guy? No, it happens every single time. I just don't understand. We don't we don't need to wear the mask in the forest. He's like, he's like the trees are going to give him corona. Corona from maple leaf. Maple leaf corona. This is such a better version. Da, na, 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 na. I stopped for you, listener. I wasn't just going to sing it the whole time, make you listen to me. Wow. No, let's play a game. Let's do it. This game is called Venomous or Non-Venomous. So basically, it's venomous, venomous or not. Okay? Venomous or not. And please answer in the form of a question. And then Alex. As you know. <laughs> okay. Um, venomous or not, anaconda. What is not venomous, Alex? No, no, what is venomous, Alex? My anaconda don't no, want none unless you got, got buns, hon. What, what is not venomous, Alex? Uh, That's correct. Because it coils around its prey and kills it. Coils, it constricts its prey, yeah. Exactly. We have that in common. How about a python? How about a python? Yeah. That is not poisonous. Not, not poisonous, constrictor. Alex. Constrictor. What is, that, what is what not is poisonous, not poisonous Alex? Alex? It's a constrictor. Yep. Well, that is once again a big constrictor, just like an anaconda. Okay. Platypus. What is poisonous, Alex? Yeah, exactly. And we're going to get into That's this crazy. in a little bit. The platypus, it has venom sacs in its hind legs, and it has a, like a little a barb by its right leg that delivers an excruciating blast of pain. Not that I've ever been stung by it. I did not know that, that they were venomous. I just knew from doing this research they were venomous. One more little teaser. Really weird. The For some reason, the platypus venom is... It's un. You can't quench the pain with morphine. You can't stop platypus venom pain with morphine. So it blocks the morphine. It blocks the morphine for That's, some reason. So how do you get? Is there anything to stop the pain? Yeah, whiskey. <laughs> a lot of like whiskey. Like the West, yeah, baby. Like a lot of whiskey. Uh, the orb spider. That what is poisonous, Alex? The orb spider is actually non-venomous. Okay, instead of stinging their prey, really? what do they do? Orb. Well, think of an orb spider, like the one in Costa Rica, the golden, they, the golden orb spider. They, they oh, they they bite it. They always have really 
beautifully designed and intricate uh, webs. So they just wrap it up. In yeah. The web. So they wrap. They not only do they wrap their prey in the webs, but of course, being an insect, that's not enough for them. They there's have to cover with it. There's something weird with it. They have to cover their prey in regurgitated digestive enzymes. There it is. And then ingest the liquefied body like a tasty, tasty milkshake. Slurp. Spider milkshake. How about the cone snail? Jamba juice. How about the cone snail? Cone snail. Um, what is venomous, Alex? Yep, the cone snail is venomous. The venom of what a is cone- a cone snail? A cone snail. It, I mean, if you've gone to a beach and you picked up a shell that looked pretty, it's probably a cone snail. The oh, thing is that where yeah. does it live? It it, it it has a it's the spirally. It looks like a small conch. Okay. Yeah. Was it just live on the bottom of the ocean? Um. Yeah. Okay. It's a little yep. snail. Little it's snail. a little snail. But these little fucking snails are super venomous. One specific species of cone snail has venom that is strong enough to kill 20 adult humans. And, what? Yeah. And a cone snail's teeth can even pierce a websuit. Why Why are they so venomous? Where can you, they be found? Are uh, they everywhere? <clears throat> well, the ones, that, are, the ones that I'm going to talk about are the Pacific cone snail, which are found all the way from Baja, California, all the way down to Peru. How many deaths by cone snail is there? Not very many at all. Even though they can fuck it, they can sting you. I guess with their venom. I don't know why they don't. Why isn't there more deaths? Not every species of cone snail is is a bastard cone snail. It's going to get you. They save the venom. No. What is our topic today? Our topic today, if you didn't already know, is venom. We have an absolutely packed episode today. I don't know how we're going to fit it in, but we are. Talk about the python. We're going to go over cone snail, then platypus, then halftime honey, then venomous scorpions, applications of scorpion venom. Scorpion entrepreneurs, known as scorpionpreneurs, and then the most venomous animal in the world. And then we're down with there's the open. scorpion incubator. You're you're gonna love that. You're gonna love that section. It's outrageous. Sounds good. Okay. And then we're gonna end with the open kimono. Okay. Adam, and begins that don't suck. You've 60 seconds. Tell us everything we need to know to enjoy the episode. Are you ready? I am so ready. Okay. Three, two, one, go. Oh, but before I get ready, <laughs> I just need I need my air horns. <laughs> now I'm fucking ready. All right, venom is a type of poison that is produced by an animal, Noah. Mm-hmm. Predators like the pit viper. I got a pit viper right here for you. <laughs> okay, how many, how you many, how many, of, those, how many of those can you do in one podcast? That is, do you want to have a contest? That's enough. <laughs> it's enough to produce enough venom to kill their victims. And the puffer fish, as well, has venom in its skin to poison larger fish when they try to eat it. Our sister Sarah has venom to fend off, poten- <laughs> to fend off potential boyfriends. Joking on my try. And Venom is also an alien in a black suit. Okay. Today we are talking about the Venom specifically produced by animals. We're talking about how it works. We're talking about its widespread medical applications. And so, Noah. Yeah. What is our theme today? Our theme is Nasty Little Critter. As you're going to see. Adam. Not talking about our sister. Not talking about my sister, Sarah. We love you. She's got a little venom. She was mad she didn't get a shout out last episode. So, so we're shouting you out, Sarah. The, the Sarah content at the top of the episode. Talk about some venom. Adam. Yeah. Yep. You ready to start us off the cone snail? I'm ready. I'm actually going to do a section on marine venom. We're going to talk about two animals. We're going to talk about the cone snail and we're going to talk about the platypus. Whether or not you consider the platypus a marine animal. Is it amphibious? Amphibious? No, I actually don't know. It's I don't a, know. It's, a not, it's not an amphibian. Where it's a are mammal. they found platypus? Platypi. Isn't it Indonesia? I believe it's Indonesia. No, Australia. Sorry. It's they're Australia. found in Australia? Yes. What do they do? What's their deal? Are they I think beaverish? They, they, yeah, they're beaverish. They live in freshwater in Australia. Do they make a dam? I don't know if they make a dam, but it looks like um, someone had take, took, taken a duckbill and put it on top of an otter. Yeah. 
right? Looks like an otter with a duck bill smashed on it. But the crazy thing about them, the platypi, is that they're mammals, right? But they lay eggs. And not only do they lay eggs, they have venom sacs. So they're wild. Wow, they're like a reptile mammal. <laughs> yeah. It's like a reptile yeah, mammal. Exactly. It's a reptile mammal, right? With the venom that's, and the eggs. It's a venom and the egg. That's really crazy. And a duck bill. How, so reason. how did it evolve? It's like a mammal that evolved traits of a reptile. Yeah. That's sick. I want to play Evolution. Hashem, Hashem had a little too board, much to drink on Sunday. The board game Evolution. Platypi. The board game Evolution. That's what I want to play. What do you think about Evolution, the board game? I think it's fucking sick. You guys should get it if you don't have it. It's a fun game. All right. So let's start off with the cone snail, okay? We're talking about the cone snail's venom. So what's up with these cone snails? So I was saying before, these are snails that you can find on basically any beach. And they're like little conch shells. People have used them before as currency, like for trading, like the meat, like the Miwok Indians in California. They've used them for trading. Why do you use a weird Miwok voice? I don't know. Cause the history mystery. Yeah. History mystery. Keep going. Okay. So we've been using these things for a while. Go to the beach. You'll find a cone snail. Not all species of cone snail have venom. Some do. And some are extremely venomous. Okay. So to study these cone snails in a lab, what scientists do is they trade a piece of dead fish. So I'm giving you a piece of dead fish. And in return, I'm putting a vial below your stinger proboscis and you're squirting your stinger, your venom into my, into my vial. And then you get the dead fish. So scientists, Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. So you're saying the, the Miwoks used to trade the venom. The, the Miwoks used to trade dead fish to the cone snails and the cone snails would give them venom in return. No, that's not actually what happened. I'm talking about how scientists get the venom from the cone snail in the lab. Okay. Yeah. How do they get the cone, the venom from the cone snail in the lab? They train, they literally train the cone snail like dogs to, to produce venom when they get a piece of dead fish. That's insane. Yeah, it is insane. I saw a video of That's it. insane. It's like your dog that you just get venom from. So to, to squirt out the venom, they, they whip out their kind of penis like proboscis and then they squirt the it into the snail. Vial. Yeah, exactly. So their venom is extremely effective. That's why it's so crazy. Okay. They're no longer than a few inches. These things. And like I was saying, they're found off the Pacific coast from Mexico to Costa Rica and all the way down that side, the purple cone snail specifically we're talking about here. Um, sometimes they're called cigarette snails as well, because if you get stung by one and you smoke a cigarette, you'd be dead before you finish the cigarette. That's how strong the venom is from these cone snails. Yeah. What do you make of it? Um, I think it's really sick that you can have a pet cone snail that you give it, you give it fish and it gives you back a, a venom. Right. How do they train it to, to, to venom when it gets fish? I don't know. I mean, that's not like Pavlovian mice, basic, it's really basic fucking tight. And then they sell it. Right? they sell the venom or just like they're studying it. Study. The These venom. guys are studying it. Okay. Okay. So conotoxins are the venom from cone snails. Um, components of the cone snail venom, because it's so strong can help fight diseases such as tuberculosis, breast and lung cancer, because in those diseases, like it's cancer specifically, there's an overproduction of cells that are dangerous to the body. And we can use the cone snails venom, the toxin in it to fight these bad cells. So like to kill those bad cells, right? To kill those bad cells. Okay. okay? So the effect of this is, is weirdly similar to how sperm enter the cell wall of ovaries. Okay. The, the enzyme they have found is almost exactly the same because when the cone snail stings you, it very, very quickly and efficiently um, bypasses your your immune system. It's okay. So it stings you. It goes right right past the immune system. Right. Exactly. So the thought is that if we can somehow harness this power, we can influence the way these cancer cells are affecting the body. Okay. It's also used in muscle disease research. So when using fruit flies to study the cone snail venom, researchers noticed that the flies 
respond to changes in muscular skeletal systems. So not their um, neuro, not their neural pathways. And that's, this could be useful against diseases like Parkinson's. So basically why they're studying cone snails is because it's a tiny snail, right? But the venom is very, very strong. All right. So there's even, even been FDA approval for the treatment of chronic pain using cone snail toxin. How, how do you, I've seen that. I saw that with the scorpion. How do you treat the pain with like, with the toxin? Yeah. Isn't this crazy? It's weird. So what it does is it intercepts the pain before it gets to the nervous system. You administer the cone snail toxin into the, your spinal cord. Oh. And I don't even know what that looks like, but that sounds well, terrible. It looks doesn't bad. it? It looks bad. Yeah. So they shoot it up into your spinal cord and it blocks a pain transmitting channel. I didn't know that all your pain transmitters were in your spine. Okay. It's so like the your spine is like the main highway for a lot of nerves in mm, your body. Mm, right. It's crazy with the venom because the venom just, it, the venom makes such a strong reaction to your body that you can like then use it for so many medical purposes. Right. So you can it, just mess with your body. So this, this is actually out on the market right now already. This conotoxin that blocks, um, that blocks the pain receptors. Okay. So says the studies lead professor at the university of Vienna who helped invent this product. It is a thousand times more potent than morphine and what and triggers no symptoms of dependence, which is obviously a big problem with opiate users. Wait, what? It's it, that it's that powerful. A thousand times. Do you get, feel anything or can you just like make a man through a wall? I mean, you just like completely block the pain receptors. It's that powerful. Yeah. So, so why isn't it more popular? Like, why is this the first, why am I just hearing about it now? You want to get, you want to get high on some cone snail I'd later and see, see how many walls we yeah, can Yeah, I was about to say, through? where can we get that shit? Yeah. So yeah, see how many like fingers we can stuff. stick into a fan on some cone you went, snail venom? You went dark. I wasn't going to go dark. Just going to have a good time. Why don't we get some San Pedro cactus while we're at it? Absolutely. Home Depot. Okay. So cone snail, what do you think? So in summary with the cone snail, their venom is very effective because they're so small. And it works, the enzyme in the venom works almost specifically like a sperm. And it's being used to treat pain on the market right now. And it's being studied to treat muscle disease and also cancer. I can't believe that the, the painkiller from it is that powerful. That's like, a, yeah, how could something be a thousand times more powerful than the most so, powerful But, but like, do you see what I mean? Like, then you just, would, you, learn, you wouldn't feel, would you feel your body? What does that mean to be that a, a thousand? Would, is it like a numb feeling? Do you know what I'm saying? Would you like yeah. feel your body? Well, I guess they, they dose it out, right? You'd be feeling yourself. Well, they dose it a thousand, one one thousandth of a dose of morphine, right? Yeah. That's how you dose it. Yeah. It's called dosing, Adam. Yeah, it's called dosing. So anyway, you're probably making a lot of money from the cone snails. Can I ask you, are there cone snailpreneurs yet? Because it's kind of, they're scorpionpreneurs. I know we're going to get to I got it. rid of all my tropical plants. And now if you look behind you, you just see a bunch of snails climbing around a glass chamber. Yeah, I knew that's why you had the snails in here. Um, okay, so let's move on to platypi. All right? This section is called platypi. Platypu is platypi the plural of platypus? Platypussy. Platypussy. Yeah. Platypies. Super cuddly, question mark? Maybe no, not. Ven venom, venom. Perhaps not. Okay. Perhaps not. Okay, so what is a platypus? As we were saying, it's a small cross between a duck and an otter. Only the males have this spur on their hind leg that produces venom because when they are breeding during platypus mating season, okay, not only is there a lot of sexual activity, but there's a lot of stinging males with venom sacs. Sounds painful. For mating season? Yeah, for that's why they have them. They have them for competitive breeding. To sting each other? To sting each other. Not so the males, defense. the males run around and sting each other. That's basically the only time that they have been shown to use these hind legs. Not when they're defending themselves or attacking prey, just when they're trying to fight each other to get females. There you go. Right. You, that's when Bizarre. you say. That's when you save the big guns when you need to get a lady. 
Um, once again, a resistance to morphine makes this a very special kind of venom. And that's why people are studying it right now. Here's a story about someone that got struck by a platypus hind leg spur. And I want to read this story because it is known to be unbelievably painful. So there's other venom, like from some snakes that don't hit you for like six hours and then you just die. Right. Mm -hmm. But this venom is like excruciating. Let's talk about Keith Payne. Keith Payne. Yeah, it's just a it's just a quaint name. His name is Payne. Okay. In 1991, Keith Payne, a former member of the Australian Army and a recipient of the Victoria Cross, which is apparently like the uh, the Purple Heart, he was struck on the hand by a platypus spur while trying to rescue the stranded animal. I don't know why he was trying to rescue a platypus. That's cool. In real Some life, Harrison. in real life, he was trying to like pour beer on the platypus or something like that. <laughs> yeah, he was. He, he was with his friends. They were like, "You wouldn't pour beer on the platypus." Uh, he described the pain as worse than being struck by a shrapnel. Okay. One month later, he was still experiencing pain in his hand, he said. So in 2006, he reported discomfort and stiffness still, which is a year later while carrying out some physical activities, such as using a hammer from being stung by a platypus. Jesus. Yeah. Not I didn't like, even know they had venom. Yeah. It's not like being stung by a bee. Don't be stung by a platypus. Wait, it's so fucking weird that they have venom. They're, it's like such a reptomammal Such thing. a weird mammal. It's such a weird. They also lay eggs. Egg. They lay eggs. It has an egg and the and the venom. No, wait. Where's the venom on its flip on its flippers? Okay, so yeah, so you have the two flips in the front, the flip in the back. Yeah. On the right hind leg is this little spur. Wait, it's only on one hind. When I say leg? spur, do you know what I mean? It's like a little yeah. uh, barb. Thorn. Barb. It's a it's a barb. Is what it is. Yeah, it's a little barb. Um, so it's only on one side. Of, it's it literally like flipper. comes out of their ankle. It's on their ankle. It's really odd. Okay, so what is this venom being used for? In 2018, the University of Adelaide in Australia studying a component of platypus venom that can be used to lower blood sugar. And why do we want to lower blood sugar, right? Because if you have diabetes, type 2 specifically, which is the type where you have too much sugar in your blood, platypus venom can help you lower the sugar in your blood without having to self-regulate all day. How do you milk the platypus venom? Like, I understand the cone snail is easy, but how do you fucking get the venom from the platypus? Just like a cow. Just take it and just like rub it. You like yeah. rub it. You rub its neck and it likes it. You just rub its neck and then you likes it. Then you squirt the venom. I don't know. I don't know how they get it. I don't know at all how they get it. Um, but this is currently being used to treat diabetes, which is pretty amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. It's, if you've seen, I mean, so someone listening to this is probably diabetic. They have to... They have to self-regulate almost all day, check their blood sugar. I mean, it's just, it's awful. So you already went over with the cone snail, the, the painkiller was a thousand times more powerful than morphine. Yep. And then with the platypus, with the, plat- with the platypus, it's to lower the sugar in your blood. It is crazy how many, many ap- medical applications the venom has. Is that nuts? Yeah. This okay. the platypus is nuts too. What is it? What is it classified? We should do a platypus episode. What's it classified as an animal? A pussy. A pussy. Yeah. In the genus pussy. Anything else to say about the platypus or the cone snail or marine venom? The platypus is really fucking cool. I'd like to know more about the platypus at some point. Okay. In my life. We're going to take a quick musical break. And after that, it's time for a halftime honey pit viper. It's like a venomous beaver that lays an egg. It's like a snake beaver. Snake duck beaver. No, 
Yeah. It's time for the Halftime Honey. Let's fucking do it. This is the Halftime Honey Toast where we discuss and celebrate some absurd science in the news that is somehow related to our episode. I find the story and Noah responds with his immediate thoughts. Absolutely. So I raise my glass and Noah, what are we drinking today? This is to you, America. This is just to you and the world. Thank you everyone not not in America for listening to us. What are we drinking today? We're drinking, of course, the Jack Daniels Honey. Hey, Jack. It's called contactless delivery. Yep. You can just leave it and you can go. Stamps.com. We do not Jack. need to see you. Stamps.com. Stamps.com. Mm-hmm. Thank you both of you for this, the millions of dollars. <clears throat> this halftime honey toast goes out to Business Wire for documenting the increase in snake bites happening during the COVID-19 pandemic. So, for example, snake bites in Texas have increased 40% this last year. How is that? How? And because of this, the anti-venom market has risen from $900 million to $1.58 billion. What? Because of the increase in venomous snake bites. In Texas? In Texas and all states. So I was thinking about why would this be the case that snake bites have increased so much? Well, there's no trail crews to work on the trails, right? I'm, I'm guessing because they closed all the parks. And then people are trying to go outside more. So if there's no one to work on the trails, the trails are more dangerous, more people going outside, more people getting bitten by snakes. What do you think? That's good. Uh, then my other take is that a lot of... Yeah, first as of all. As we toast. First, first of all, all as we toast. L'chaim. To you listeners. Thank you so much for listening. Oh my God, is that good? I need more. I need more immediately. Papa likes um, it. Hey, my thing is that possibly if more people are staying in their houses, snakes like to live in basements. Yeah. A lot of times, dark basements. They're staying in their houses. Maybe they're getting bitten more. So you I like yours. people Actually, are inside more. Yeah, I'm kind of into yours. Isn't that crazy? The monetary... Um, effect of COVID-19 on the venom market like it's something so it's like double so out there you would never think of it's it. like yeah, it, yeah, almost, yeah. it has it's like the connection it. from COVID not from COVID to the venom market yeah no one saw this it's coming it's like doubled it and I think something that you're going to get into is it's actually a big business or it can be right? yeah yeah he says it can be it can be a big business or it can just be like a false internet thing that people get ripped off for okay well why don't you but you'll like it hey guys it's now time for venomous scorpions it's that time of the episode you've been waiting for venomous scorpions first of all how does venom work in a scorpion is it are we going to talk at all about scorpion king what's your do you have you ever seen the scorpion king uh 100 of course i number one of course i've seen scorpion king yeah and i'm fucking in do you like it? I'm in. It's I a ride. great movie. I'm in. I fucking ride Super underrated it. movie. Not sure how it connects to the whole mummy Don't universe, no but it's cares. actually sick. No one's ever cared that they were into Scorpion King. Actually sick movie into the Scorpion King. Pretty good. You should see it Is now. that B. Frazier? Is he still in that one? No, he's not. He's not in that. He's, he's good. Not in he's that so one. whimsical. That was like a straight to DVD movie that was actually good. Handsome and whimsical. Who? Brendan Fraser? Brendan Fraser. Back in the day? Absolutely. He is whim- Absolute killer. Where do you think his whimsy comes from? That's his thing. He's like, I'm, I'm handsome and, and whim- whimsical. And I have whimsy. I'm handsome. Yeah, I'm handsome. Handsome and I have whimsy. That's his, that's his deal. That's what he does. That's how he makes the, the bucks. Okay. How does venom work in a scorpion? Adam, flex your bicep. When you flex your bicep, okay, what? listener, you flex your bicep. Right now, a special molecule, molecule called ion goes into and out of your muscle cells and tell, tells them whether to relax or contract. So the only reason that you can control your muscles is because of this muscle cell. Scorpion venom contains a very small protein chain called chlorotoxin. This tiny protein, it blocks the aforementioned ions from going into and out of your muscle cells. So you, you see how you can control your muscles right now? When you're stung by a scorpion... Chlorotoxin goes into your body and stops you from being able to, co- to communicate with your muscles. Yeah. Without the ions, able to communicate to your muscles, your muscles basically go crazy. 
So you're stung by a scorpion. Your brain stops being able to communicate to your muscles. And uh, that's why you go in. Like some people so, can go into shock okay. or paralysis. So scorpion is a neurotoxin. Is that correct? That is good. Not sure. Right. There's four, right? There's there's a blood toxin, neurotoxin, and their mu- muscular skeletal. Something that affects your muscular skeletal. And then one more that I forget. Good question. Not sure the answer. But the venom that they put into you is called chlorotoxin. Can you tell your scorpion story? Absolutely. 100%. I was in Costa Rica doing volunteer work on trails. I'll go fast. In Costa Rica doing volunteer work on trails. In, in, in Costa Rica doing volunteer work on trails. Um, I was sleeping one day. Sleeping one, one night. Sleeping. And we all slept together. There was like five dudes in the same room. I was sleeping. I felt something crawling on me. Oh my God. And I, and I, and I like hit it, but didn't think anything of it. And then I would like try to go back to bed. And I, then I felt like someone, like someone had like, no, no. had like, stabbed my arm almost yeah i don't know there's like no other way to describe it if someone had literally stabbed into my arm and it was a platypus and i and i, and I woke up <laughs> and you're like holy and there shit was a platypus. Half man half platypus standing there <laughs> suck my egg but it was actually a scorpion. but it was a, it was actually a scorpion and so i i hit it off me i was completely naked i got up i hit it off me everyone all the other dudes woke up and was like why are you naked running around our room i i hit the scorpion off then i found it and i killed it and i hung it on my bed People were really upset by this because everyone was really environmental. I hung the dead scorpion over my bed as a warning to other scorpions that if they I, that they came, I'd kill it. Anyway, wait, my, we're vi- environmental too. No, I know, but like people were mad at me for hanging the scorpion by but, my bed. Do you know what my take is on arachnids? Can I finish my story? And then you can you can do your arachnid. Um. So a- after I, after I after I was bitten, my my arm. <laughs> Fine. Tell me about your arachnid. No, I'm sad. No, no, no. Give me your arachnid. No, it's okay. Give it to me. Don't worry about don't it. Don't gu- arachnid guilt me. Nope. No, don't worry about it. <laughs> Give me you your fucking arachnid. Basically, I, I got I got bitten and you ruined my story now. No one cares. Tell, tell me about arachnid. I was just going to say that. My arm was numb for a while. If, if, an, if an insect crawls on you, then it has... it. You don't want that insect to be passing on its genes, right? You don't want insects to be crawling on people. Right, you want the insects to be passing on through natural selection that are passing on that are not walking on your body. So, if an insect walks in your body, kill that thing. Help the gene pool of insects. Oh, I like not that. walking on humans. That's a great answer. There you go. I should have said, "Hey, I'm stopping dumb scorpions from reproducing." Now we just and lost. therefore they'll be they'll be they'll we be just lost. All the insect people, they're gone. Yeah, they're fucking. See you gone. later, insect people. Hey, send us a postcard. Also, when I was when I was bitten like that, I asked the coast like the 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 locals. I was like, "Hey." Um, how do you prevent yourself from getting bit by a scorpion here? Yeah, what they say? They were like, they're like, oh, it's it's not a big deal. It happens like three or four times a year. It's fucking. Awful. And that's Jesus the moment Christ. that I knew that I could never, never live, live in, in a third, third world, world country. country. Yeah, that's the moment I knew I was like, oh, well, I'm I'm not okay with being bit by a scorpion in the middle of the night. Yeah, I don't accept that. Right. That's right. when you know you're you're, that's not, not, you're not hard enough. It's unacceptable. It's unacceptable coming from. A first it's very world country. hard. It's very hard. Yeah. It's hard to come from a first world country and then accept that you're going to be bitten by a scorpion sometimes. It's hard to accept that there's insects that can live in your the house and bite you. the shit out of you. Uh, keep going with your your. Okay. Toxin. So anyway, we just talked about we just talked about chlorotoxin and scorpion venom, how it stops your brain from communicating to your muscles. Now we're going to talk about some absolute killer scorpions. Okay. Like what are the most deadly ones? This scorpion is called the Deathstalker scorpion. It's tiny. It's only two and a half inches. So if you extend your index finger, okay, it's basically like half of that. It's like tiny little scorpion. Like up to the knuckle? Yeah, it's very small. It's found in the Middle East. It's super deadly. And it's just very, very the tiny. The Deathstalker scorpion? The Deathstalker. That's why it's called that. The other scorpion, the spitting thick tail black scorpion. These names fucking rock too. 
the spitting thick tail black scorpion. It's located in the southern reaches of Africa. It basically looks like, do you guys know like a like a track hoe? You know, like a like a backhoe that digs things. The digger, I'm making like a claw with my hand. You are it, a smelly pirate. Absolutely. Over. It looks like that, but in scorpion form. So it has like a oh, yeah. absolute again, it's called the spitting thick tail black scorpion. It has the thickest, hairiest butt and tail. And just looks so it look it looks sick. Um, it can also not only does it have a sick stinger, it can also spit its venom up to a distance of three feet. When it does this, it aims for the eyes. So it can sting you, it can spit venom at you and permanently or temporarily blind you. It's just kind of a it's it's a basically a big ass scorpion. Wait, it, it, how, how many feet did you say? It can three spit? feet. Damn, it can spit its venom at you. It can spit its venom at you. Uh, so but it can also sting you from again, a stinger. It, it's the sickest looking one. Again, the spinning thick tail black scorpion. It has a massive stinger. Oh my god! Absolutely massive backhoe stinger, and it can also spit its its venom at you. Then there's the Brazilian yellow scorpion, mm-hmm. responsible for three thousand deaths a year. That's a ton for an animal. How many? Three thousand deaths per year. Deaths per how year. Ma- how, how many are in sharks? How many are in sharks? South America only? How many are sharks? That, mm. I, uh, look that I up. Like, look that up. Look that up right now. Uh, I think. In the U.S., I know it's under a hundred. It's under a hundred fatalities per year, for sure. Sharks. Twenty twenty worldwide total of fifty-seven confirmed shark attacks. Okay, and then there's three thousand. So there were only fifty-seven shark 3, attacks. Three thousand scorpion deaths, and there are three thousand deaths from scorpion in South America. Holy crap! This yeah, is the stock. No, it's, this is not the stock. This is the one. Brazilian yellow scorpion. Oh my god! Kay? It's only two point seven inches you know, long, but yes, Brazil is underrated for insects. There you go. That's what I have to say. Very underrated. Brazil boner spider. Yeah, exactly. There you have it. Um, the crazy thing about the Brazilian yellow spider is that it is this. It's very small. Again, again, put out your index finger, and it's about it's about half of your finger. Yep. But it preys on rodents. Like it can prey on rats. A rat is it's like four or five spider. times its size. Or a tiny scorpion. It's a tiny. Scorpion. It's a tiny scorpion that can prey on mice and rats. Because it sort of just stings the shit out of them. How many legs does a scorpion have? Six? They're different. They are. Oh, you six, just, right? You just gave me the creepy crawlies. I just try, I was trying to think that if it's an arachnid or not. It's not an arachnid. It's an insect. Because it has six legs. Mm. But it doesn't have wings, does mm. it? Can scorpions fly? No. They can't fly. They cannot fly. So what? I wonder what it is. They can just sting the shit out of you. I wonder if it is more of an I wonder if arachnid has scorpion in it, that family. Just a thought. I think it's an arachnid. Applications of scorpion venom. Okay, now we're going to... So Adam talked about the medical uses earlier for the, the snail and the platypus. We're going to talk about the medical uses for the scorpion. So scientists have found a ton of uses for it. It comes from ba- bacterial infection, including staph and tuberculosis, yep. fighting malaria. And there's a really, really cool one that helps to fight cancer. Um, it was developed by a doctor named Jim Olson. He found that the chlorotoxin, which we talked about from the death, this is from the death stalker scorpion. Mm-hmm. He found that the chlorotoxin, um, it locates cancerous cells in humans. So if, if there's a human that has cancer and you give them some of the chlorotoxin, it will find the, the cancerous cells. Mm-hmm. It'll like locate them. So what they do is that chemists attached a fluorescent dye to this. In most cases, they use a neon green, um, and they inject it into patient's bloodstream through an IV. And so what happens is that one really one hard thing in, in healthcare or with getting out the cancerous cells is, is being able to locate them. Because when you're looking at like a liver or something that might have cancer on it, it all looks the same. 
-hmm. So it can be very hard to like cut the right thing. So what this does with the Scorpion Venom, it's Scorpion Venom plus neon green paint, basically. It finds the cancerous cells and highlights them. Wait, I'll, so yeah. why does the Scorpion Venom help light up the cell? Because for some reason, it binds to the cancerous cells. Oh, wow. So basically, he, yeah, here's, here's how it works. If, if you can imagine in your head, like imagine a liver and then imagine literally neon paint on it. And, it, and then the doctor is like, oh, those are the ones I have to cut. And in that neon paint is a component of the Scorpion Venom. Right. Because so the Scorpion Venom is the one that finds it. Then, and they added neon paint to it to like blight it up for the doctors. The Got surgeons. It. Got it. So it's a medical product it's like a medical yeah uh, so imagine technology. imagine like a liver with benign like a benign tumor on it and then a bunch of like neon paint on it to show where to cut got it yeah um the chlor so the chlorotoxin goes into the bloodstream and it binds to a nexin a2 which is only found in the cancerous tumor cells and there are there are also currently 10 fda approved medications based on venom according to the national academy of sciences in 2020 and most of these have been recently developed. Okay. So because of like all these all these venom applications, scorpion venom has been has been dubbed one of the most precious materials in the world. Oh shit. Really? Yeah. It's estimated that to make a gallon of scorpion venom, it would cost thirty nine million dollars. What? Yeah. Oh oh oh. Because it because it takes so much work to make a gram, probably right. Exactly. Like how many scorpions well, does it take to make a gram? It takes so much work, but also because recently there's been so many medical applications yeah. for scorpion venom yeah. that there people are like, oh, this is gonna this trend's gonna continue. The venom industry is hot right now. The venom industry is hot. Very hot. Very hot to be in the venom industry. Yeah. So naturally, when something's valued that high, this caused what I like to call scorpionpreneurs to try and make some bucks. <laughs> okay. Okay. Right, yeah. Um before we talk about scorpionpreneurs, I want to talk about an interesting mouse. Scorpion startup. It's called the Southern Grasshopper Mouse. The reason it's interesting is because it's it's impervious to an extremely painful sting from a bark scorpion. A bark scorpion? Yeah. So people stung by the bark scorpion, they say that the pain is like someone lighting out a cigarette on you for hours. Someone just grinding in, grinding a cigarette on you for hours. I love these metaphors for pain. <laughs> pain a lot of That's pain, a, a lot of pain metaphors. Would you rather here. be stung by a bark scorpion or stung by a platypus? Oof. Or a bullet ant. I think I, I think I take the bark scorpion. Right. The I'm, platypus sounds awful. Is this, is a bark scorpion one of those things like on YouTube where people get stung on purpose? Yeah. If you go, if, listeners, if this you is literally why this, we can't compete with video. This is why this, this is why we're not. Why doing we don't video. make video. This is why we don't make a video. I'm not about to get stung hey, by a bark scorpion. Why you don't compete in a video standpoint for marketing is because there's people out there that will just take videos of themselves getting stung by really painful animals. Mm -hmm. How are you going to top that? Yeah, I don't know. Have, that kind of dedication. Have large breasts that you can you large can show? breasts or can large if you breasts don't have or the butt if you don't have the breasts or butt you're gonna have to get stung by a scorpion what do you think what do you think is is better if you had if you're animals if you're a super hot dude you could do it too if you're just like a hot like just hot. ripped dude it's not the same yeah you could do it a hundred percent hundred percent yeah yeah what do you think what do you think fucking i'm doing do you, are on, girls on instagram hey ladies out there are yeah. girls scrolling through instagram looking at hot dudes hundred percent Really? 100%. I guess I just don't see it. Yeah. Um, anyway, if do do you think sex or people getting stung by dangerous insects is better? Which one wins in a fight? In a fight of most viral things? Uh dangerous insect. No, sex always wins. Who are we no, kidding? but butt and boob. But dangerous insects pretty. Butt and boob always wins. Yeah. Um so anyway, this mouse, 
this southern grasshopper mouse it can get it there's videos of it just getting stung repeatedly by the bar scorpion and it doesn't give a fuck and it doesn't give a fuck it doesn't feel any of these pains what's, what's of the, the pain name of the mouse uh, the southern grasshopper mouse. Southern grasshopper mouse. Yeah, so normally, again, the venom binds and opens the pain receptors in the body. Okay. But however, in the mouse, the those same pain receptors, when it gets stung, they actually get blocked by the venom. Okay. So it literally doesn't feel anything. And after you sting it with a bark scorpion and then you, like, do another kind of pain, it feels less of that, too. So it has, like, a residual effect. Okay. Even very mild other substances, they cause more discomfort for the mouse. So I just thought that was cool. That is really cool. Yeah, anyway, okay. Arabian scorpion farms. Let's go back to scorpion Arabian 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 Let's go Arabian scorpion farms. Iranian. Guys, if you see get rich quick scheme on the internet, yeah. Just don't. Just don't. So in Iran, let's say that you're you're from Iran, okay, and you're searching on the internet for you're like searching around and there's a get rich quick ad that pops up, it would be for a scorpion farming. Oh yeah? Yeah. What do you mean? So, so like China, it's like a Chinese water filter scheme. Basically, basically in in a few countries, in quite a few countries, but, but particularly in Iran, people are trying to turn scorpion venom into just tons of money. To do this, they invest time and money into building really, really disgusting scorpion farms with thousands of scorpions, and then painstakingly milking their venom. Oh my god! So imagine what? if you were like, "Honey, I know what's gonna what's gonna do it for us. We're gonna get a cage. We're gonna fill it with a. We're gonna breed scorpions in it." And then milk them. How do you? Mi- oh God, that's horrible. I mean, yeah. what do these farms look like, dude? These farms, it looks. And who is working there, dude? These- how much do they pay them? So it's just like solopreneurs. It's like single individuals that like that. They're <laughs> so go- it's like okay, they're going out into the desert collecting scorpions, and then they go out in the desert, collect the scorpions, they bring <laughs> it back to the cage, <laughs> and they breed them. And the pictures are cages with just thousands of crawly scorpions. Just like a horrible life for the scorpion. Just. Well, like a horrible life for the scorpion, but also just like, what if you were going to bed knowing that there were 2,000 scorpions in your house? Yeah, but also just, it's really fucked up for the scorpion, right? It's just, to just, be in a cage with like thousands gross. of other scorpions. It's just really, it, it's like, you know, when you go into like a fish market yeah, and there's just the cages of like fish everywhere. Mm-hmm. Imagine if those cages were filled like up a couple Jesus inches with just Christ. layers of scorpion. Okay. So th- they are producing venom. Yeah. And then they sell it to who? They're trying to sell it to pharmaceutical. They claim they can sell it to pharmaceutical companies. Can they? So again, because the scorpion venom, who else would they be selling it to? Because the scorpion venom, a gallon of it is thirty-eight million dollars. Yeah, it has been, and because venom's hot right now, Mugatu. How much is a gram? A gram, I have it here. Is that like a realistic thing? Can you produce a gram? So a scorpion a, farm. Oh my god. So yeah. So a gram of some scorpion venom can go for hundred and fifty million. You're kidding. Basically, it actually sells by the microgram or one millionth of a gram. One billionth of a gram of okay. scorpion venom, venom is $150. Okay. Wait, hold on. So this this can't be how pharmaceuticals are actually doing their supply chain. Like they can't Very be good. getting venom from Very solarpreneurs. Very right? good. Would Do you think that pharmaceutical companies that have to give their venom for a medical use would just buy the venom from from just an amateur solopreneur oh, venom. No, no. I'm venom sure dude. that there's some manufacturers in like Egypt that have figured this out, right? Someone has to have figured it out and standardized it. These people, are, who it are out. these people giving it to? Like rogue, dude, rogue companies? So, so, okay, so basically the whole thing is a, is a scam basically. Oh, is it? Okay. It's a scam in that there's these schools in Iran called Kajdam, which is, which is Persian for, it's Persian for scorpion. Yeah, they're training centers that teach people how to raise milk and then market the scorpions. Oh my god! To international and U.S. pharmaceutical. It's like companies. I will teach you how to 
it's do like, real estate. It's stuff. like I'll teach you how to do real estate and you'll make a million dollars. But the Iranian right. the Iranian version of that is Scorpion. <laughs> oh, you're kidding. Yeah, it's yeah, so yeah. good. So it's like a huge thing there. There's for every media outlet has like a young solopreneur making like $10 million selling Scorpion Venom. Of course, uh-huh. it's not actually true. But where are they selling it to though? That's what, I, that's okay, what I'm trying they're to say. Trying, they say that they sell it to international and U.S. pharmaceutical companies. Okay, they, they don't, right? They do not. I'm going to go into it. Um, on the other side of the solopreneur, the problem, the, there's also another problem. Just before I jump into that, uh, Scorpion poachers have cropped up. So there used to be like, you know, elephant poachers. Now there's Scorpion poachers and they crawl around the desert and they take all the scorpions, but they don't actually care what kind of scorpion they get. There's only like five kinds of scorpion that produce drug compounds. Okay. But they just take every scorpion and then just they sell them to the solopreneurs. There's a it's it's created this whole marketplace. Yeah, I got it. Okay. Okay. So who are they selling it to? The well, the problem with taking away all the scorpions is because scorpions eat insects. <sighs> yeah, it's horrible. I totally agree. You're fucking if you pull one thing out of the food web, we know what happens. Yeah, it fucks it. Fucks so, it. and Iran has an insect problem, and but so it gets it gets fucking worse because they I eat must all the ash, I must ash again. Who are they selling it to? Again, I told you they they say what they say what they claim is international and U.S. pharmaceutical companies. But where is it actually going? It actually goes nowhere because there, in fact, there is no scorpion market. Here's the here's the reason. Uh, Latoxin. L- 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 is a huge French uh, laboratory that is like well renowned like for Le, Lacroix, Le Toxin. <laughs> yeah, Le Toxin. Le, Le Toxin. Yeah. So let me Le, Le Toxin. Yeah. They they um they're like world renowned for their scorpion venom. Okay. Got it. Um. They sell seashells by the seashore. Yeah. They basically sell all year. They sell two grams of scorpion venom. Oh my god. So there's not really there's not really a market for it. There's there's zero market for buying it for an, from an amateur. And there's not really a market in general for it. It's not that hard. But there is a market to teach other people to do the However, scorpion scheme. There is a market to poach the scorpions and sell it to them. And then also to teach people how to do the scorpion th- scheme that doesn't work. Got it. So as one victim of the fraud put it at him. I have about I have about 3,000 scorpions. I bought half of them and bred the other half. Oh my god. 3,000 scorpions are living in his house. That's fucking awful. What would, what would Debbie say if, if there are 3,000 scorpions running around the house? Oh, she would, she, I, would be, I would be very much a lonely yeah. man. He says, I've spent about 30 million tomons on this farm. That's about $2,500. And Iran's average yearly wage is about 1200 <laughs> So he spent about two years wages on 3,000 scorpions. Oh no. Or on the farm. And, and more, more from him. I've made about two grams of venom so far. That's ton, so again, right? he made two grams of venom. Yeah. La, la tox, le, LaCroix. Le, le, LaCroix. LaCroix. They only produce sell, two grams. They only produce, they only produce basically two grams a year yeah. of venom. Okay. So, and he can't sell it. Right. Because they, no one needs that much venom. And it's from an amateur so far. But the problem is that nobody wants to buy it. I've sent so many messages to international laboratories and pharmaceutical companies. In most cases, they do not answer. And when they do, they say that they don't need it. I put up many ads on B2B sites and I've tried to sell venom inside of RAND too, but nobody's interested and I really don't know why. That really sucks. My situation is becoming difficult, so I'm considering my options. If nothing changes, I will release some of the scorpions into nature and sell the rest to anyone who might want them. That really sucks, but you know what? It's really fucked up to keep thousands of scorpions together in a cage. So you got what you right. deserve, honestly. Right. It's really, it's really fucked up, but honestly, it's the schools. It's the schools like pretending that these people can get millions of dollars for 
milking scorpions that they find. Yeah. Oh my god. It's the schools. The schools are the biggie. I'm looking at one right now. Yeah. It's a real fucking thing. Is this crazy? Yeah. I no, see it. Damn it. It's their marketing video. Yeah, it is. So, as a representative from Lacroix, as a representative from Lacroix, put it. Yep. Again, Lacroix is the big la <laughs> toxin is the big French laboratory that produces scorpion venom. Right. As he says. For for a while now, we've been receiving messages from people in different countries, but mostly in Iran no, via no. email and through our Facebook page. They try to sell us scorpion venom, and our answer is always no. Because basically, um, the reason he says that they say no is that making the venom is a like thousand times more complicated than just just milking a tail. Right. They like to make medical grade venom. You know, it's going to go into someone's body. It has to like work. Yeah. Okay. Also, even huge, huge labs like Venom Tech in the UK, they also sell less than one gram of scorpion venom per year. That's unbelievable. If you think about how small a gram is. So small. So that's literally half of what that one solopreneur in Iran made. So they must they must be like watering down with the venom to transport it. Must like they must have a vial with a bunch of water and then also a little bit of venom in it. I think that just to get it to medical grade where it's gonna go in someone's body, yeah. there's a whole lot more than milking the scorpion. That's so crazy. So something so small, like a small amount of this venom can cause so much excruciating pain. So much. When it's delivered effectively. It's crazy. That's why venom's so wild. Right, but it's uh it's also just the medical applications are crazy. Yep. And that's why people freaked out in Iran. So the Iran Scorpion School, they yep. It, they run nine centers in cities all over Iran, and they claim to have connections to huge laboratories. So they actually claim to have connections to to Lacroix and Venom Tech. Then a journalist investigated. He was like, he investigated those connections, and Venom Tech and Lacroix said that they have, they have no idea who this is. Oh my god! Yeah, who, um, who's behind who's behind uh, the Scorpion School? So some, white dude? some motherfuckers, some Such absolute fuckers. Piece. So anyway, yeah. Don't milk scorpions if you're in Iran. Don't don't milk the scorpions. Don't milk a scorpion. Okay, it, it's a fraud. But it's crazy. It's like it's a huge thing there. Imagine like you know you know like you get like those get rich get rich quick ads. Yeah. Imagine if those ads were like a scorpion school. Like learn how to milk your scorpion. Yeah, I know. Insane. Anything else to say about scorpions, scorpion schools, venom in general before we go to open kimono? Yeah, I have another section actually. Oh, most ve most venomous Hello. animal. Let's talk about the most venomous animal in the world. Okay, Adam. Yep. I'm gonna give you a couple hints. Yep. One. This animal lives in water. Sarah. Okay, good guess. Sarah no. Weitzman. Second most venomous animal in the world. Uh, it lives in water? Yeah. It's got to be a sea snake, right? Pelagic sea snake? It's not a bad guess. It's not? No. I thought they were like okay. really venomous. Next hint. Okay. This animal lives in water and is translucent. It's translucent. Transparent or translucent? You got to be able to get this. Transatlantic or translucent? Translucent. Um, oh, jellyfish. Very good. Yeah. The box jellyfish found off the coast of northern Australia oh, is a very jellyfish. weird kind of jellyfish that it doesn't just float through the water. It can actually swim and has eyes in all four corners of its box. It has eyes and it can swim? Yeah, so that's really weird. Jellyfish just float around and have no eyes. This one actually can swim and has eyes. So it's almost like a little more conscious. Its tentacles are 10 feet long and it lives for only a year. 10 feet? It has 10 feet long tentacles. It lives for one year. How big is its box in compared to its tentacles? Not long. It's, it's pretty tiny, small. Tiny, tiny, tiny. It's like a head. It's like the box would be like 
your head with 10 foot long tentacles coming off. Do they of it. live in deep water or are they they're by the shore? Uh, good question. Yeah. Not totally sure. There you go. So the sting is so overwhelm overwhelmingly painful that it can cause humans. The problem is it causes humans to go into shock and drown before they reach shore. Whoa. That would be a brutal way to go. That's how painful it is? Yeah. You can't swim. You can't swim. You're, it's paralyzing. Your body goes into shock because of the pain and then you drown. Oh my God. Yeah. So the sting can last for weeks and some say... Some say it can last for weeks and you get huge scars afterward. Mm -hmm. They're said to kill over 100 people a year and it's thought that that might be grossly underestimated. Hmm. So the box jelly killing more yeah. people than so sharks. So here's, here's my question. Yeah. My question is why is the box jellyfish that eats small fish and shrimp, why did it develop a sting that's so powerful? Maybe it didn't always eat just small fish. Maybe it also ate kraken once upon a time. Yeah, okay. That's not, that's not a bad idea, but... Scientists think that its sting is so powerful because if it doesn't kill the shrimp or the fish quick, so it catches the shrimp or the fish in its tentacles. It needs to kill it right away. If it doesn't kill them right away, it, its body is so fragile that they'll like break its tentacles. Wait, it's that's such a powerful sting. Like if they sting a little shrimp with that, that could you know kill a human being. Does like this just happen? They, does it just like does the shrimp just like, just, like explode? <laughs> this just explodes. They, it just it just kills it instantly. Okay. So basically, it has to kill things instantly, or else its body will get damaged by those things squirming around. Uh, I don't know about that. I don't know. What do you mean don't you don't know about, about, that? about that? I mean that that's a that's a fine. What's your what's a Weitzman's take on it? What do you mean you don't know about that? Like why did do okay? So it's saying you're basically saying that they evolved so that ones that didn't have as powerful. This is not my take. This is scientific consensus. Box jellies that didn't have as powerful of a sting. They died more frequently because the because shrimp would fuck the shrimp up their, and the fish when they were struggling when they were struggling in there it would fuck up it would they would hit the other tentacles they'd hit the body and they're super fragile the box jellyfish I I can understand that animals would develop to have more venom because if you have more venom you kill more food right no, but you eat what more you're understanding food. is that this is this is to kill it faster so it doesn't squirm around yeah I don't know about that one. But I, huh. so what's your take then? The, I, it could, then why do I you think, think it has the most venom? Isn't it just as venom? simple as like, you need more powerful venom to effectively kill the prey so it doesn't get away because the more venom you have, the more effective you're going to be at killing it. And the more likely you will if be it to had, survive. If the box jellyfish yeah. had one tenth of its venom, it would still, the shrimp and the fish would, it would still kill them just slower. Right. So it needs it to kill them fast. That's why it has it. Look, it's, it's on the burden of the scientists to prove that it's right. That's how science works. Okay. It's on the burden of them. Yeah, I'll show you my pit viper. All right. Uh, anything else to say about venom in general? Jellyfish, box jellies? We got open kimono. Ones? Open kimono. Okay. We're going to take a quick musical break, and after that, it's time for open kimono.
All right, Noah, this is the Open Kimono where we freely talk and discuss our final thoughts on the topic and leave nothing to the imagination. I'm going to go first because you just went. Bastard. My Open Kimono. <laughs> there you go. Um, for my Open Kimono, you have an absolutely giant thing in your teeth. Oh, no. That's what, that's what needs to, to happen before I can talk about any kind of venom. Okay, let me see it. I was trying to kill the, I was trying to venomize the, the plant thing I had. In Thank my God. Thank God. Okay. Your kimono, please. Open it. It's oh. now open and show us what's inside. Um, I think it's uh, amazing that these animals can produce things that are that powerful to kill things. And it's, it would be amazing to be on one of these teams where you're trying to harness this power to fight to like harness it and turn it into medical uses. I think that that is really amazing. And holy shit, the platypus has a fucking venom. And holy shit, scorpion kings in Iran. You know? Yeah, there's real scorpion kings in Iran. Some real fucking. How much shit. would someone? What's your open kimono? Like, if you came, if you came in back into your house with with two thousand scorpions inside of a glass container, and your girlfriend came home, like what would happen? I mean, I lost my god. Let me tell mind. you about the solopreneurs with the scorpion farms. None of them, none of them are in a relationship. Yeah, probably not. I don't think that would work. Hey, my take, my open kimono. Um. So into the, I'm into the reptomammal platypus a lot with its stinger. The reptomammal? The reptomammal with its, with its eggs. It's such a weird animal. It's tight. Um, venom is being used a lot of, for tons of medical uses. Yeah. Which is crazy. And then if you're in Iran, stop milking your scorpions. Don't. <laughs> you're milking the wrong scorpion. Stop it. Stop milking it. Just stop it. Is milking the scorpion, is that like bopping the bishop? I think that is that like a new thing. I think the dudes milking the scorpions are doing a lot of milking the old There's scorpion. a lot of bishop bopping going on over there. Uh, shout out to the tongue eating louse. Shout out to the kraken on the ice planets. Shout out to Sarah and all of her boyfriends. I hope none of them are scorpion farmers. Do you think krakens have stingers? I think krakens definitely have stingers. Yeah, I can see that. Guys, if you if this is your first episode, just enjoy the episode. Go ahead and listen to another one. If this is your second episode though, and you liked what you heard. Please leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps us to get more people to listen to the show. Helps us to keep making this stuff to put out into the ocean of content. And we really, really appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. We love you. Thank you guys so much. We'll see you next time. Bye, guys.